R-E-M, a group which continues to garner rave critical reviews and fabulous, adoring responses from the audiences that appear wherever they go, but have yet to really make that big breakthrough. R.E.M. from their first IRS album entitled Murmur, with one of my favorite songs of theirs, the one called Laughing, which is always a real good thing to do. Let us never take these things too seriously. It's September of 1984, and Deirdre is head over heels for a fast-rising quartet from Athens, Georgia. In just a few years, R.E.M.'s music will be inescapable on commercial and college radio, and their massive success will mark a turning point for the American musical underground. There were moments when R.E.M., my former band, were hugely popular, and we were able to really push the boundaries of what's acceptable within mainstream culture. KCRW and Deirdre and Snap were doing the same thing. Michael Stipe is R.E.M.'s former lead singer. He was a close friend of Deirdre's and of the countless bands who passed through their orbit. He gave Concrete Blonde their name, produced Vic Chestnut's first two albums, and introduced Deirdre to Hugo Largo, which led to their signing with Brian Eno's record label. In this episode of Bent by Nature, he talks about his life in L.A. in the mid-80s, at a time when he and Deirdre were kindred spirits. I'm Trisha Halloran, and from KCRW, this is Bent by Nature. Deirdre O'Donoghue and the Lost Snap Archives. Episode 8, Half a World Away. Los Angeles became a fascinating place to me sometime in the 80s. New York was my second home, and, and New York was feeling very sad and very tired at the time, and L.A. and the American West in general felt a little fresher. And so at the same time, my best friend Tom Gilroy had moved to Los Angeles to become an actor. I spent a lot of time there with him. And at the same time, Michael Meister is someone who I met through Natalie Merchant. And we started hanging out together. And we and then we started really hanging out together. And he introduced me to Deirdre. My guest co-host for the last hour has been Michael Meister of Texas Records, one of the best little record stores in the known universe. Michael liked her and trusted her, and so she was instantly, like, in the family. Like, she was in her circle instantly for me, because through him, I would trust his his take or his instinct about anyone. And so there was a, an automatic kind of trust and intimacy there, so we spent a lot of time together. Michael lived in Santa Monica. Tom lived somewhere on Lincoln and had this banged-up old car. And Michael offered to Tom that there was a old 1930s beach house, one of the last ones remaining in Santa Monica that was available for rent, and Tom moved in. So then I was tired of New York. I had to get out of Athens from time to time a lot, and I spent all my time in Los Angeles, and and I established this whole family of people there, and we would all just hang out on the porch and drink tons of coffee and talk about music and art, and, you know, it really was that salon environment that Deirdre created that was really was my life then. It was it all felt very bohemian and, and kind of ragtag, but it worked and, and it worked beautifully for that time. It was exactly what I needed as an artist and it really impacted the work that I did for several years. Michael Meister and Deirdre O'Donoghue here doing Snap six twenty one together. Wanna to talk to him? Yeah. Hello. Hey. Michael. Hey, Brighthead. Hey, how are you? I'm good. Where are you calling from? I'm in Athens. 
You're in Athens. I mean, I would like to remind our listeners that this is before Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> that was a term of endearment. It's just, I called everyone that, everyone that I liked. And, and college radio were big supporters of, of my former band, R.E.M. And so I had had experience with independent radio. And I guess I felt free to use a term like butthead with someone who was, of course, a revered and storied public radio personality. Uh, you want to tell people why you're calling tonight during the KCRW Fun Drive, Michael? Uh, why I'm calling? Yeah. Well, Michael, you know, Meister told me that uh, Brian Eno called up, and I was kind of jealous, so I thought I'd call up and drop some names. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, drop some it, names. Yeah, Michael, we're on a wood floor here. Okay. <laughs> There's about 150 people, and nobody's talking. Michael, you've been here on Snap. You were a great guest DJ one time. Yeah, it was great. So well, you-, you know, four turntables is something you don't run across very often. Well, you know how we got those two, Michael? It's because our listeners support this station, and what we're trying to do is... I mean, I don't say this. You've been doing this too long. (laughs) (laughs) You're right, Michael. Help me. This is. Let's play hurry up for him. This is the one time of the year, Michael, that uh, unfortunately we're forced to approximate (laughs) commercial radio. But but I'll tell you, the whole rest of the year, Michael, we get to play things like, um, like REM years ago, like Hugo Largo that Brian Eno was saying last night that he's real fond of at the lecture he gave here. And you were the one who introduced me. You produced the Hugo Largo. Uh, yeah, they came through town last week. We had the three greatest uh, female voices in America right, right here. With Deirdre, there was this love of music and art. And so you would sit down and just say, what are you listening to? What are you looking at? Who's exciting you right now? What's happening over there? What's happening in New York? What's happening in Georgia? And that's how we created this friendship. She pulled creative people towards her, I think and created this environment where there was a relaxed atmosphere, whether on air or in person. And she had this deep and beautiful love of of everything and and, an enthusiasm about it. That beautiful, beautiful piece is a new-to-me-at-least group called Hugo Largo, who are apparently from New York City, although this tape was recorded at John Keane's studio in Athens, Georgia, produced by Michael Stipe, Hugo Largo, and we shall be hearing a great deal more of that. I don't remember how I met Hugo Largo, but I think I saw them perform and introduced myself. It might have been through Tim Summer, uh, who was a member of the band and a huge R.E.M. fan. And they came to Athens, Georgia, sometime in the mid-80s. I want to say it was around 86, maybe. I think I offered to produce and help them record their first recording. And they came here and stayed in my home, which I had just bought with every penny I had. And I was paying a mortgage every month. But I couldn't afford toilet paper. We didn't have any furniture. I remember Mimi pulled up the carpet one day she decided I was gone for some reason for a day or two to do something and she and the band decided that they were going to help renovate my home for me so they got um, they borrowed a hammer and they pulled up all this wall-to-wall carpeting and exposed these beautiful pine floors that are there to this day Michael I won't keep you for your dinner but I want to say thanks to you for calling and uh, we're looking forward to seeing you back out here and as long as I got a show you're always welcome on it do you still have a Volkswagen Deirdre? yes I do I love you, Deirdre. I really do. I love you, Michael. Thanks very much for calling. I appreciate that. You take care, too. I'm going to turn you back over to uh, Mr. Meister here. You guys get enough. I love you. I'll see you later. Bye bye. Bye.
I'm Deirdre O'Donoghue. It's Snap 1178 on this first night of our new year, Wednesday night, the 3rd of April, 1991. And here on Snap tonight, as I've been promising you, the people who put together the other album, the album that has me spinning and dancing and is definitely holding me together right now. A surprise that I think you like. I told you I was going to bring you some more Peter Hulsapple tonight. But I have here with me tonight in the studio on Snap, Bill Berry and Michael Stipe and Peter Buck and Mike Mills and Peter Hulsapple for you with songs about love and memory and time and whatever else they'd like. Morning found me laughing Up and down, down, low, low Suits me fine, and morning suits me fine. I've been so happy, happy, way up high, high in between, down below, low, low. moments when R.E.M., my former band, were hugely popular, and we were able, through MTV and through radio, to release as first singles these really insane songs that would never, ever, ever get played on radio, on pop radio, and these videos that would never, ever fit the format of what MTV had to offer. We knew we were in a power position because whatever we released at that point, they had to play, whether they liked it or not. So we would we would kind of fuck with it. We knew that we could really push the boundaries of what's acceptable within mainstream culture. KCRW and Deirdre and Snap were doing the same thing. And, and I felt in the late 80s, like, this is an extension. This is like a grown-up version of punk rock and, and what, what I consider to be a punk attitude, which is, we're taking over. Like, this is us. If you're not on the page, if you don't get it, that's your problem, not my problem. This is what you're going to be doing in a few years' time. So listen in and enjoy, and here we are. And this is unregulated, it's unfettered, we're not holding back, we're gonna do whatever we want. And I think that's what Deirdre really brought to the culture of Southern California at the time through the radio station. She was immensely powerful, and she knew that, and she could push the boundaries of what was acceptable. There's some interesting things happening, and I certainly encourage you to be as vocal as possible in as many ways as possible. This station in particular, you uh, you have a great deal to do with, with the programming in many ways. But in fact, you only get what you let the people who run those TV and radio stations think you want to hear or see. So be about it. Let's stop this moaning and do something, okay? I my mind is racing. Tired, my heart aches. I'm half a world away. Here, my head sworn to go it alone. Hold it alone. Hold it alone. Hold it 
deeps and hollow Half a world, half a world away My shoes are gone, my life spent I had too much to drink I didn't think, and I didn't think of you I guess that's all I needed To go it alone, hold it alone, hold it alone And hold it, go it alone, and hold it alone Like the best people in my life, I think she was deeply curious And that curiosity uh, expanded to her relationships So those bonds would be created by finding out what is inspiring you, what's pushing you, what's driving your most creative thoughts and ideas right now. And Deirdre would take all that from all these different people. I remember going to KCRW to visit her, and I was with Michael Meister, and we're walking in the hallway, and I remember this, there was some old guy there, and we passed by the old guy, and then there was this other person in the hall, and we passed by, and she turned around, this person, and it was Joni Mitchell in the hallway of KCRW. And I'm there with Deirdre and Michael. And I'm like, and she was very, very sweet. And we just said hello. You know, it was nothing to her, I'm sure. But I met Joni Mitchell and shook her hand through Deirdre at KCRW. That was really, that was one of my best moments ever. So Michael, why don't you do some witty repartee? I could talk about who I just met in the hallway. And and she's she's right here with us. Oh, no. Hey, Joni. (laughs) Well, I'm this still... This is turning out to be quite a nice KCRW. <laughs> if you want to sing backup vocals on anything, feel free to come in. I'm not putting you on the spot here. But... Oh, she can't hear you. I'll, oh, okay. I'll, I'll relay the information, though. She says, if you want to sing backup vocals on anything, you're more than welcome to come in. <laughs> and we've lost Joni Mitchell to the other room, but we're going to try and goose her into coming in there. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do my best. Can I figure, I? you know... I would sing a duet with Joni Mitchell, I guess. Yeah. I think we could... We, we definitely have to try and work that out. I can't thank you enough for coming and doing this tonight. Thanks for having us. Bill Berry, Peter Buck, Mike Mills, Michael Stipe, Peter Holsapple, back off there somewhere. Deirdre Donahue and Snap. Thanks for coming and doing it. Johnny Mitchell and everybody. Snap on KCRW Santa Monica. Well, she's still here. Maybe you can talk her into coming back and do one of hers. (laughs) My band knew after the Green World Tour in 89 ended that we didn't want to maybe ever tour again. And so we were just making studio albums, which afforded me a lot of time to take on other projects. What I wanted to do at the time and what I wound up doing, and my friendship with Deirdre really helped us, was produce other bands and to help the way that we were helped uh, as a young band. I wanted to help other bands, push them into uh, an audience of people that would admire and appreciate what they were doing. And so I was working with Magna Pop, I was working with the Opal Fox Quartet, and then, of course, our dear and our beloved Vic Chestnut. I I don't know, I just thought of this one to do. I hope I can do it right. It's called Big Huge Valley. Should I try it? Yeah. I just wrote it last time I was out here in California, driving back from San Francisco to here, and I was real drunk. And it's about, it's called Big Huge Valley. It's a real journey through the San, what is it? Joaquin? The long long one coming down, yeah, San San Joaquin. Joaquin Valley, yeah. Okay, so that's what it is. Hmm, well... Well, the big, huge valley is a ribbon of lights 
aqueducts are snakes tonight and the stars are homesteaders <laughs> staking claims and my head is hopping with historical names Vic Chestnut came from Athens, Georgia he would do a show every week at a small club in Athens, and I would go down. There was nothing to do. It was summertime. Everyone would go and just hang out there, and he would write songs about people in the club that week, and then he'd write more songs about their reaction to the songs, and on it went. So I saw him perform one of these nights. I think it was a Wednesday night, and it was, was one of the most electrifying things I've ever, ever experienced. And I, we went in the studio the next day and recorded his first album, Little, in one night. He recorded 21 songs, we set up the mic live and let him go, and that became Little. Uh, West of Rome was his second album, uh, and at that point he had a relationship with Deirdre, and he had traveled and had performed on the West Coast and, and outside of Athens. Hi, Deirdre, it's Michael. It's Thursday night, it's about five o'clock your time. I'm going into the studio with Big Chestnut tomorrow. We're gonna be in for two weeks, and um, this is not gossip, but it's just for your information, because I know it'll be exciting to you. Uh, Ray Neal is going to come down from Connecticut and play guitar on it. And Peter Buck has offered to play some mandolin on a song. And Vic is bringing his 9- and 13-year-old nieces in who uh, play, respectively, cello and viola. So um, I'm, looking forward to, I'm looking forward to a pretty wild session. But um, give me a call at the house, and I'll return it uh, as soon as I can. Bye. Goodbye, 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 sadness. Goodbye, goodbye. I don't need you anymore. Teacher became a bit of a hermit, and I moved from Los Angeles back to New York, and we didn't see each other much in, in, the, in the last years of her life. I remember hearing of her death and, and how very sad I was to hear that. She, she, was, such a, she was such a bright light and such a, um, a brilliant, open, curious, energetic, a flashpoint, the kind of, she was the center of a community of people that might have never come together had she not been there. And so we owe her a lot. I've lived in
Michael Stipe still lives in Athens and elsewhere and is reportedly working on new solo material. Bent by Nature is co-produced by Bob Carlson and Mike Dodge-Weisskopf, with production assistance from Anna Buss and Marion Hodges. Our digital producer is Andrea Dominic. KCRW's program director for music is Anne Litt. Our program director for culture is Anielle Zaberry-Fields. If you'd like to hang out in Georgia's world a little longer, head over to the Bent by Nature website at kcrw.com slash bentbynature. You can explore Deirdre's archive of vintage performances and interviews, including R.E.M. You can also play Deirdre's original tape of Snap, episode 621 from December 2nd, 1988, featuring the two Michaels. We're adding new stuff all the time, so be sure to check back. Special thanks to Burtis Downs, Chris Edwards, Amy Hairston, Frida Young, Natalie Kiriakoudis, Surreal Lewis, Michael Meister, Cheryl Pavelski, David Russom, Meredith Schomberg, and Jeff Sykes. I'm Trisha Halloran, and from KCRWU, this has been Bent by Nature, Deirdre O'Donoghue, and the Lost Snap Archives. We should do like an introducing REM thing and have that, and then we go, Hi, Peter, this is Mike. Hello. <laughs> How you doing? My name is Peter Holzapple, and I'm a Sagittarius. My favorite colors are blue and mauve. My name is Peter. My name is Peter. I've got feet the size of Oklahoma. You can tippy-toe around, but you can't never go home. My name is Mike. My name is Mike. I got a pair of spectacles the size of Iowa. They're new. They cost under $200. My name is Bill. My name is Bill. I've got one eyebrow. My singer Michael likes it a lot. And that's why we're here. 11 years later. The world bowed down and history was made and R.E.M. entered into the Deirdre Donahue land of fantasy. <laughs> on the continent of KCRW. And the tape machine was rolling. And we're on the air. <laughs>